How many have sensed his presence when I made it aware, made you aware of it? Sense his presence around you? It comes in just like that, sometimes just like that. But it took us working together to, to minister and, and pray and, and um, worship. Now, you can have that in your own individual time, your time with the Lord. Your time with the Lord. That's not your time with the Lord in front of the TV. It's not that. And it's not your time with the Lord with, the, with um, trying to feed your kids. That's not it, you know. But it's your time with the Lord. It's your time where you go off by yourself and you spend time and you talk to him and he talks to you and you minister to him and he ministers to you to you. And that presence just comes. You'll get so the more you do it, the quicker that presence comes in. You sense it. You sense it in your hands. You sense it all around. You sense the peace flowing through you. And that's what we want. Each individual relationship with the Lord should experience that presence on a regular basis. Amen? Amen. So my heart is to see that the church becomes more and more like that, experiencing the presence of the Lord. That's what that's what I want. And then lately I've just been... Um, well, I, I, ta- I was talking to Nathan a little bit this week about, you know, about the um, just some things that have been on my heart concerning praise and worship. And I didn't say anything to him about this, but, you know, it's like we're here and there's a chasm, if you want to call it here. And this is where we need to be over here. See, there's a difference coming in praise and worship. It's not going to be like it used to be. It's going to be different. It's going to be more prophetic. It's going to be more like what you see, what's going on. Although we're nowhere near where we're supposed to be yet. Does that make sense? See, and also I wanted to explain to you, you know, when we're doing worship, uh, you'll notice that Zach does more free worship. You know what I mean? Free worship where he just takes off. And when he does that, you take off. You take off and worship the Lord on your own. Okay, is that explain that pretty good, Zach? And so, so that's that free worship. It doesn't mean you're going to see words on the screen, you know, but you can take off and worship the Lord yourself and during those time, those times of worship. Amen. And so you, do you remember, um, it was, uh, the Sunday that Nathan was here and, uh, um, I, I remember I said to you, I'm just bringing these examples to your attention so that you know what's going on up front as well as out here. But remember I said to you, the whole, the whole heaven is singing with us. You remember me saying that? And I, I was cheered up, but the whole heaven is singing with us. That's what was going on. Heaven was singing with us. I sensed that. I got into that place where we were, heaven was singing with us. Now, sometimes I just sense the angels singing with us. It's a very real thing. It's a very real thing. You know, where they're singing with us. This Sunday, I had never experienced that, but all of heaven was singing with us. I just want you to understand that. that. See, that's where we, it's a spiritual thing that happens. It's not, your flesh should just be going along with it. You're a spirit being, and when you worship, you worship in spirit and in truth, and you worship him. You worship him. It's your your whole being is worshiping him, just like we saw when we were talking last week about Mary. Mary, um, it was excited about what was happening to her, and she said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. My soul doth magnify the Lord. What is the soul again? 
Mind, will, and emotions. Thank you, Marilyn. The soul is the mind, will, and emotions. So it's your soul when you come into church. If you need to repent, if you just got in strife, if you are anxious about something, if you're in sin, if your thoughts are running amok, <laughs> which sometimes they can on a Sunday morning, you know, they can run amok or you got in strife with somebody, deal with it. Just deal with it. Say, Lord, I repent. I know I'm in an area of sin. I'm, in ang- ang- I'm anxious. I'm, I'm careful. I repent for that. I know that you said to give it to you, so I'm going to give it to you. You know, I, I know that you said to cast down every imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. And when we got thoughts that exalt above the knowledge of God, how can we come in here and worship the Lord freely? How can we do that? Thank you, Marilyn. (laughs) How can we do that? (laughs) How can we do that? We can't. We can't. So sometimes that's why you see worship may go longer. That's why sometimes you may see um, different things that have weighted people down or I kicked them off or I've dealt with it or I've had to do a verbal um, uh, uh, declaration. You know, a room changes just like that when everybody starts confessing Jesus is Lord. You know that? So I'm sharing all these things. I wish everybody could be here to hear everything. So those of you who are here this week may get it again next week. But I'm sharing all those things because I want you to understand this is where we're going to go with praise and worship. This is where we're going. It's going to become more prophetic. It's going to become more um, a free worship. But, but we have to go that place in order to have the manifestations of the spirit that we're wanting. Now, what are the manifestations of the spirit? What are the manifestations of the spirit? What are we wanting to see happen? Anybody, anybody want to tell me? Zach? I mean, one of the things is healing, there's instruction, there's correction, there's mm-hmm. whatever we have need of. Uh, yeah, exactly. Everything. The Holy Spirit, remember I've told you the Holy Spirit is a need meter. He wants to meet your needs. So if we give him access, if we give him and the presence of the Lord, the access to come in here, he's going to say, this is a need. This is a need. I'm going to meet that need healing over here. Remember I I said that there was a nugget of revelation dropped in somebody's spirit just a little bit ago. That was something that the Holy Spirit was doing during that move. And so we need, we want more of that to happen, don't we? We want miracles to happen. We want healings to happen. We want revelation to come. We want people to walk out. I heard the word today in that area. I've never heard it that way before. It wouldn't have been me. But you know what? The Holy Spirit, I can speak the word. The Holy Spirit will come here and he'll turn it and give it, give Zach, or give Zach, Zach, give Josh a word of the Lord Maybe not related to what I was saying, but something else. And he'll just, he'll just get a revelation on, on that particular subject. But the, see, that's the Holy Spirit working. And that's what I want to happen. I want the Holy Spirit to have his way in our services all the time, all the time, all the time. Amen. 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 And I was going to, I was asking Zach, I was thinking, I was thinking this is Dave Roberson, but this is another example that Dave had this vision. He had this vision, and and um, the Lord showed him that there was this. Uh, help me, Zach, if I don't get this right. But there was around uh, on the earth or over the earth, there was this darkness, and every once in a while, a hand would stick up through the darkness, 
or a head would pop up through the darkness and the hand would stick up and they would get the the Lord would show a day that they were getting a hold of, of, of God and getting a hold of some of the um, miracles or some of the healings, whatever, or the head was getting a, a head of knowledge revelation. But this that was around the earth was the flesh. And, and people once in a while would get breakthrough and get a hold of the things of God instead of, instead of just coming and sitting in church, you know, where flesh would, want to come and sit sometimes all the time but anyway flesh wants to wants to rule and reign in our in our services and we can't have that if we're going to experience the presence of the lord if we're going to experience miracles if we're going to experience healings if we're going to experience words of knowledge and words of wisdom we've got to have the presence of the lord amen does that make sense we got to have that we have to have that. And so I just wanted, that was really been on my heart. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I said to Nathan, uh, I guess we, we do this. The guy's got me doing this Marco Polo thing. How many of you know about Marco Polo? <laughs> anyway, anyway, Nathan sent me a link. He says, I can talk to you better if we do Marco Polo. And I'm going, Oh, I don't even, I don't even get <laughs> my, my pictures out very well. So, so anyway, we download, I downloaded Marco Polo. Anyway, I was talking in, to Nathan. I was just sharing back with him about, you know, the, this, just the need to be able to have worship get into a place where it, the presence of the Lord is always present, always present. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope I made that clear. Anyway, I want to, I want to go back to, I want to talk about this, this, this time of year is a, mostly we're celebrating we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Is that correct? I got to turn on this light here, folks. And so the birth of Jesus, you, if you ever sit down, maybe you have, sit down and read through this. I read through it, amplified. I put it on my um, my iPad and I've listened to it through the night. I've read it. I've listened to it. I've read it and listened to it. I've um, just done a, a lot in listening to the story about Jesus's birth. And, you know, the more I listen to it, the more I get revelation on it and understanding on it and how important it is to us that this ever happened, that we ever that we should have a revelation of the importance of this, this timing, this Jesus coming to he had to be born in order for him to die and carry the sins of the world upon him. And so this was so important, such an important event. And there was so much miraculous going on. If you start, if you go back, clear back to where um, it starts with Zacharias and, and John the Baptist. And um, so we'll start back at Luke 1. Some of you will remember some of our talk from last week, but hopefully I want to cover a few more things and, and talk about the presence of the Lord as well. <clears throat> but anyway, Luke he was just telling the first few verses about how uh, he wanted to make this an accurate example. And then um, we can read in verse, in verse 4, and I'm reading Amplified. My purpose is that you may know the full truth. Luke, when, you know, I told you last week, Luke was a doctor. He was very detailed. He wanted everybody to know the full truth and understand with certainty and security against error that counts uh, and, docu- and doc- doctrines of the faith of which you have been informed and in which you have been orally instructed. And so going on to verse 5, then we're going to start talking about Zechariah. 
In the days when Herod was king of Judah, there was a certain priest whose name was Zechariah of the daily service, the division of Abai, and his wife was also a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they both were righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and and requirements of the Lord. See, underline that if you want to. Um, They were both righteous. They were walking blamelessly. Blamelessly. And see what... See, the Lord knows that and sees that with each one of us walking blamelessly and in a right standing position. And he's always looking. I think where's that Chronicles looking to and fro for someone whose heart belongs to him. So he's always looking for somebody that's ready to serve him for somebody's heart that's right before him. Amen. And so so Zechariah and and. Elizabeth, their hearts were right. They were righteous. They were walking blamelessly in all the commandments. Verse 7, but they had no children. For Elizabeth was barren and both were far advanced in years. And that was, and I talked about this last week, that that was similar to Abraham and Sarah. Age-wise and everything, the whole situation is real similar. And and um, so, and then verse 8, now while on duty, serving as priest before God in the order of his division, as was the custom of the priesthood, it fell to him, to Zechariah, by lot, to enter the sanctuary of the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And all the throng, all the people, were praying outside in the court at the hour of incense burning. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear took possession of him. Okay, so there'll be a difference between the fear that got a hold of him and, and, and so you'll see that the angel said to not be afraid. But he, the angel also had to say to Mary not to be afraid. But Mary wasn't in fear and she wasn't in doubt like Zachariah was. Okay, so that fear took possession of him. Fear then turned to doubt and unbelief were basically the same thing. If you're in doubt and unbelief, you're sure not in faith, are you? If you're in doubt and unbelief, you're you're probably in fear of some kind. You're fear of what might be, or fear of what somebody said, or fear of this, or fear of that. Thirteen. But the angel said to him, "Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your your petition. What is that? What's petition? Prayer. Thank you, Ron. Your prayer was heard, and your wife Elizabeth will hear you. Will bear you a son, and you must call his name John." meaning God is favorable. And you shall have joy and exultant delight, and many will joy rejoice over his birth. Verse 15. For he will be great and distinguished in the sight of the Lord, and he must drink no wine, no strong drink, and he will be filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit, even in and from his mother's womb. And he will turn and cause to return many of the sons of Israel to the Lord God. And he will himself go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn back the hearts of the fathers to the children and disobedient, incredulous and unpursuable to the wisdom of the upright, which is the knowledge and holy, which is the knowledge and holy love of the will of God in order to make ready for the Lord a people perfectly prepared in spirit, adjusted, disposed and placed in the right moral state. So that was John's job was to come. 
and make the path right, make everything right, to turn the fathers back to their children, to turn people back to the Lord. Remember, it said something about Elijah, Elijah there. um, And he, he would go before him in the spirit of power of Elijah. Do you remember Elijah had a big task when he was fighting the, um, when he was standing against the Baal, Baal, the Baal worshipers. And he had to, um, he was getting ready to um, show them that Jesus or God was Lord. And they, they had the big altar and Elijah said, go ahead and put all, cut up the, cut up the ram or whatever it was, the oxen and put it on the altar. And then I want you to try and call fire down and, and consume that, consume that. And so they danced around the altar. They danced and they cried and chanted and carried on for almost all, most of the day. And so then Elijah had an opportunity to do that. So he had him pour water. Do you remember this? Anybody remember the story? He had pour water all over the altar and cut up another one and maybe, uh, maybe more than one. And then he went and called. He, he prayed and Elijah called the fire down, called the fire down and it consumed the altar consumed everything consumed it all and the people then cried out god he is lord he is lord he cried out he is lord and they turned their 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 hearts back to the lord again instead of to the baal gods and so so you can see the similarity there that that john was coming to do the same thing he was coming to turn people's back their hearts back to the lord again okay Okay, in verse 18, and Zechariah said to the angel, by what shall I know and be sure of this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And in that was doubt, that was, was uh, doubt to that angel. The angel said, and the angel replied to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. And I was sent to talk to you and to bring you this good news. Can't you just hear, hear the angel just reprimanding him? I, I'm, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of the Lord. Remember we talked about last week that Gabriel stands in the presence of the Lord, but at the same time he was ministering, he was talking, he was talking to Zachariah at the same time and how we stand in the presence of the Lord all the time. We stand in the presence of the Lord all the time. We are seated together with him in heavenly places. That's Ephesians 2, 6. And, and, and let's just go there. I, I, we'll just do that. Ephesians 2, 6, please. And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with who? Joint seating with who? Christ. In the heavenly sphere, by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. Because of our in Christ position, we're seated together with him in heavenly places. So aren't we in the presence of the Lord all the time? If we want to be. Sometimes our flesh doesn't want to be. You know, if your flesh doesn't want to be, it'll do, it'll do just what Jonah did. It'll run. It will run. You know? Jonah was running from the presence of the Lord because he didn't want to do what God told him to do. Isn't that right? Yeah, he ran from the presence of the Lord. And so we're seated together with him in heavenly places. And because we're seated with him in heavenly places, we have accents. We're in the presence of the Lord all the time. But it's our worship. 
It's our, it's our, our crying out to the Lord. It's our prayer. It's our prayer time, our personal relationship time with the Lord that actually brings that presence into manifestation where we are right now. We're seated together spiritually in heavenly places, but our flesh is sitting right here, right now. Does that make sense? So we have, we have the presence of the Lord always accessible to us. When you say we have the presence of the Lord always accessible to us, we have the answer to every situation always accessible to you. You can go ask a hundred people the same question a hundred different ways, but see, God's, God's got the answer. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows exactly who you are and where you're at and why, what you're thinking and what you're not thinking. He knows your thoughts. So he has the answer. Man doesn't have the answer. Man never has the answer. Man never has the answer. If somebody calls and talks to me about a situation, I go to prayer in it. I go to prayer. And if God, if God lets me know what the answer is or once tells me how to help that person, then I will, I will move on that and do what God tells me to do or what God tells me to tell them. But you, every one of you have access to the truth. Every one of you, if you're seated together with him in heavenly places, if you've accepted Jesus as Lord, you have that, you have that presence always right there. You have the answers always right there. Because you're in, in Christ. If you're not sitting in Christ, you're, where you're sitting somewhere else, then aren't you? You're sitting in the flesh or you're sitting in the seat of the enemy. So if you're sitting together with him in heavenly places, then, then everything belongs to you. Everything is yours that you have need of. I want to I pursue the, the presence area a little bit. Let's look at Psalm 16, 11, please. 16, 11. You will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen? And then um, let's look at Psalm 95, 95, 2, please. 95, 2. Um, Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Psalm 95, 2. So we come before him with praise and thanksgiving. Amen. Okay, Psalms 100. Verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Come before his presence with singing. Um, Psalm 140. Psalm 140. 13 it is. Um, okay, surely the uncompromisingly righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence before your very face. The upright shall dwell in your presence. Upright, right standing will dwell in his presence. Isn't that what I was just saying? How many want to dwell in his presence? Hmm? How many want to dwell in his presence? 
Yeah, upright. In a right standing position, upright means to there's no compromising. The flesh doesn't have a right. Uprightness means you are um, you're in a right standing position. You are are listening and obeying what he says, not only his word, but what he tells you at the same time. Amen. Okay. Um, um, Acts 319. One, one more, and then we'll talk a little bit about Silas and Paul. Acts 3.19. So repent, change your mind and purpose, turn around and return to God, that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean, that times of refreshing. See, times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air, may come from the presence of the Lord. So if you've been in a place of sin, this just verifies what I was saying. If you've been in a place of sin or you're coming into church, repent, deal with that, and then get into his presence. There's a time of refreshing. There's a time of strength that comes. Strength comes. There's a time of peace comes. You know, if, if you've ever been in a, um, a place of anxiety, care, and worry, how tired it makes you, how you get wore out. Have you been in that kind of, been in that anxious enough or, or um, anxious, I guess. Have you ever been in that enough where you're pacing the floor and you're calling everybody you can think of and what do I do about this situation? And the anxiety, doesn't that ever wear you out? Where's you? Well, um, I know that it can wear you out if, if you don't get yourself right before the Lord and start getting in his, in his presence, and that's a time of refreshing that comes. And I, I was just sharing, we were just talking about Wednesday nights, how um, how different you are when you leave here. You become in, oh, I didn't really want to be here, and I'm so tired, this is not This is not good. But but you, you spend time in the presence of the Lord. It's a place of refreshing. It strengthens you. It causes peace to come up on your mind and emotions. And, and you want to spend more time with him because you experience that peace. You experience that strength. You experience that change in your life. Amen? Okay. So, and, and I was just going to tell you, you know, um, we've talked a lot about in Acts 16 about Silas, Paul and Silas, and how they were thrown into the dungeon and they were locked in the, in the chains and, and whatever they were, weren't able to move and they'd been just been beaten and they had open wounds on their back. But what did they do? <laughs> did they call up Jane and complain? No, no. <laughs> they didn't have phones. I know, Rob. <laughs> they didn't have phones back then. They didn't have, even have cell phones. Who was there to complain to? <laughs> the next prison group in the next cell? Guess what they did to me? They beat me on my back and I'm... I'm just, I'm so, I'm a, <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of thing. <laughs> well, instead, what did Paul and Silas do? They, they praised and sang praises. They prayed and sang praises, didn't they? Prayed and sang praises. They prayed and sang praises because they knew where, where was that going to take them? Into the presence of the Lord, Right? 
And it took them out of the pain and the suffering they were in. It took them out of the fact they couldn't move their arms or their legs. It it took them out of the fact that they were in a dungeon, probably with big rats running around. It took them away from that and into the presence of the Lord. And there's scriptures that I didn't I didn't bring up, but the presence of the Lord will cause uh, what to happen for Paul and Silas. Presence of the Lord shook the place. Remember, it shook the place. The presence of the Lord got them free. But they were still there to do something for the Lord. But at least they were they were able to start stepping off what God wanted them to do there to begin with. Amen. Okay, so uh, let's go back to Luke, please. Um, so talking about Gabriel, I stand in the very presence of God. This is verse 19. And I was sent to talk to you and to bring you this good news. Well, good news was what was getting ready to happen in the birth of John the Baptist. John was going to lead the way. He was going to talk about the good news and about what the what was coming for them. And, and you know, as I was meditating on this, John was preparing everybody, but Jesus came to demonstrate it. John was preparing it. Jesus came to demonstrate. Anyway. Okay, verse 20. And lo, you will be and will continue to be silent and not be able to speak till the day when these things take place because you have not believed What I told you, but my words are of a kind which will be fulfilled in the appointed and proper time. So the words that come to us from the Lord, we talked about this last week, that come to us from the Lord, whether it's an angel delivers the word, just like Gabriel delivered the word to Daniel. He had to come and explain the vision to Daniel. And um, that that in and of itself is a whole another story. But anyway, Daniel or Gabriel came and explained to Daniel the vision, just like Daniel could come and explain us something if we needed to know, right? Well, anyway, whenever they bring a word like that, whether it's a word of knowledge or word of wisdom, whether it's an angel delivers it, even if it's a vision, a night dream, a vision or a vision that you see, I can be standing here talking and, and then I'll see a vision. Maybe I could see a vision around uh, Josh. That's an open vision. And there's a night visions. There's three different kinds of visions. And so, so whatever comes and gives you an under, a, a word from the Lord, it will always, the spirit and the word will always agree. So it will be fulfilled. You can't doubt. And see, that was the concern that Gabriel had about Zechariah, that he would doubt. He would doubt. So he shut his mouth so he couldn't doubt. Amen? So, so the, you can't have that... Um, uh, you just have to know that what it says here, which will be fulfilled in the pointed and proper time. So much of the time we, we aren't interested in we want our Big Mac right now or we want our tacos right now or whatever we want. We want it right now. And we're not interested in waiting until everything gels together. And we talked about that quite a bit last week. So we're not going to go on too much more on that. Verse 21. Now the people kept waiting for Zechariah and they wondered at his delay. And, and it just goes on. And when he, his time of performing was pre, his priestly functions was ended, he returned to his own house. Now after this... His wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant. And for five months, she secluded herself entirely, saying, I have, ha- I have hid myself, because thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he designed to look on me. Desi- when he designed? Desi- I think that's spelled wrong. To look on me, to take away my reproach among men. Verse 26. Now, in the sixth month after that, the angel... Gabriel was sent from God to the town of Galilee named Nazareth. So who was able, who was Gabriel 
going to talk to next? Who is he sent to next? Mary. To a girl never having been married and a virgin engaged to be married to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, endued with grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed favor of God are you before all other women. But when she saw him, she was greatly troubled and disturbed and confused at what he said and kept kept revolving in her mind what what such a greeting might mean. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found grace, free, spontaneous, absolute favor, and loving kindness with God. And listen, you will become pregnant and will give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his forefather David. And he will reign over the, home, uh, over the house of Jacob throughout the ages. And of his reign, there will be no, no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I have no intimacy with any man as a husband. And so, so she was just questioning. She just wanted to know how that was going to be. She didn't have any fear concerning that um, or doubt. Then the angel said, verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you as a shining cloud. And so the holy, pure, sinless thing which shall be born of you will be called the Son of God. And listen, your relative Elizabeth is in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is now the sixth month with her who is called barren. For with God, nothing is ever impossible and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Now I want you to look uh, at Luke 18.27. Just flip over there to Luke 18.27, please. And there was another place. You know, let's, let's read this verse, 18.27. But he said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. See, there's a number of places there, but what is impossible with man is possible with God. And see, we need to have that mentality. Maybe man can't do it, but God can. See, if, if God told you something was going to happen, like he told, like he told Mary this, this baby was going to be born, and she believed it, and she walked in that, it, with God, all things are possible. Amen? With God, all things are possible. Say that. With God, all things are possible. So the with God comes when God has told you something that he's got for you to do or when he's told you, given you a word. Maybe he's given you a word about finances. Maybe he's given you a word about your healing or health or wholeness in your body. Whatever it is that God has told you, he's going to fulfill that. Just like he said over here in Luke, um, in Luke, when, when Mary was with God. Verse 37, for with God, nothing is ever impossible and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. It will always be possible for that word to be fulfilled. Amen. With God, all things are possible. So the word that you get from the Lord, there's words that I've received from the Lord that still are not manifesting yet. But God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. Remember, I don't know who said that, but but. I believe it. I'm not going to let go of that word that God has given me, even if it has been 10 years. I'm not going to let go of it. 
the words that people have come. When, when, when Nathan or Richard or myself have given you a word, you hang on to it. You don't let go of it. If it's, if it bears witness with you, pray about it and, and, and stand on that word. Don't let go of it. Don't let the enemy cheat you of what God has given you or what God has told you. Don't let him steal it from you. And he'll steal it from you by telling you, well, you're this and this and this. Oh, oh, oh look at that. Didn't happen today. It's not ever going to happen. He'll just lie to you and you have to, you have to stand against that. Amen. Okay, so you have to stand against that. Um, let's see. And at that time, Mary across and Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town of Judah while she was going to see Elizabeth. And it, in verse 41, it occurred that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Okay, now it's different than being baptized by the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit hadn't come, but she was controlled by the Holy Spirit. Just like in the Old Testament, there were certain people that were anointed. Okay. And she cried out with a loud cry, then exclaimed, Blessed, favorite of God, above all other women, are you? And blessed, favor of God, is the fruit of your womb. Verse 43. And how have I deserved that this honor? This is Elizabeth talking. Why have I deserved this honor? Why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth knew that the baby Mary was carrying was going to be Lord of her life. Understand that? She was already declaring he was Lord. She already knew that he was going to be the Lord that we would all worship and give glory to. Amen? 44, for lo, the instant the sound of your salutation reached my ears, this baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed, happy to be envied is, is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her from the Lord. Again, see that? That's the third time, the third time we've seen. Blessed, uh, and blessed, happy to be envied is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her from the Lord. Okay. And Mary said, my soul magnifies and extols the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. Okay. She was worshiping. She started worshiping the Lord because she knew that that, that gave her, um, that gave her a knowing that, that God was going to fulfill. It was a, it was a manifestation of, she went and saw Elizabeth and sure enough, she was with child. And so she knew that what God had said to her was going to be fulfilled. So she was exalting. She gave him glory. Amen. My soul. And we talked about that. My soul doth magnify the Lord. My soul doth magnify the Lord. Meaning your soul has to take a back seat. And you, you choose to magnify the Lord on Sunday morning or any time when things don't look right. Because the, the minute you do, you're going to move into the presence of the Lord and he's going to tell you what to do about your situation. He's going to give you peace and he's going to give you joy. He's going to help you move out of the tough spot you're in and into where you're supposed to be. And see, when you start magnifying the Lord, maybe you're in a place of sin and you don't know it. But when you start magnifying the Lord, he's going to talk to you about the sin you need to correct in your life. Always. Always. I can't guarantee it because it's happened to me. It's happened to me. I know, I know that if I don't know where I've missed it, I can go before the Lord and he's going to tell me. 
Sometimes it's not always fun to know. But if I want to excel in the things of God, if I want to do what God's called me to do, if I want to move in the gifts of the Spirit, then I want to know where I'm missing it. I want to know what I'm doing wrong. I want to be able to know so I can repent and get that garbage out of my life. See, see, the time frame we're in, the church needs to be being called out of sin and into life. The church needs to be called out of sin and into life. Sin is going to take you to hell faster than anything. If you're in sin, you will never do anything for the Lord. You will never because you're always babysitting the sin. Not right. You're always babysitting the sin and making room for it to be in your life. And, and me personally, I don't have time for that because my heart is too is wanting too much to serve God and do a greater measure for him. And the more I can walk like Jesus walked, the more I'm going to be able to do for him. The more I'm going to have the fruit of the spirit flowing through me, the more I'm going to have the gifts of the spirit flowing through me, the more I'm going to be able to do what he's called me to do. And see, the presence of the Lord doesn't come by going and talking to a man. The presence of the Lord comes by you spending time being in the presence of the Lord, by you spending time talking to the Lord, by you spending time praying, by you spending time worshiping. Amen? Amen. Amen. You're not going to find out where you're walking in sin by going and talking to a man. He doesn't know you, spirit, soul, and body, but God does. God knows you. God knows you. God knows everything about you. Right now, he knows everything. So, anyway, (laughs) I don't even know where I am in my notes. Um, And I thought I had a handle on that this time. Anyway, um, see, let's see. Back to Luke here. Okay, I was talking about, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has... Verse 48, for he has looked upon the love station, the low station, excuse me, and humiliation of his handmaiden. For behold, from now on, all generations of all ages will call me blessed and declare me happy and to be envied. And I talked about the handmaiden um, last week, how I had gone to um, this meeting. Maybe I shared this more with someone else, but I had gone to this meeting and I wanted to hear what God was calling me to do. And I don't know if you remember Rob Ellsbury when Ellsbury was here uptown at the Congregational Church. Anyway, I don't know if you were at that meeting that night, but I'd only went to one of them. But I thought, I'm going to go find out. I'm going to have him pray for me and tell me about this big thing that God wants me to do, you know. <laughs> and anyway, it didn't happen. And so I went and had him pray for me, you know, he said. Well, I sense you're a handmaiden of the Lord. And I'm going, I didn't let my, I, I didn't let any expression. I'm going, a handmaiden of the Lord. How can that be? I'm, I'm more than just that. You know, I'm more than just that. Well, no, <laughs> you have to be that first before you can be anything else. You have to be a handmaiden of the Lord. That's sold out to him. That's enslaved to him. Instead of, of to your flesh or to the devil. See, we're, we're either sold out or enslaved to God or we're sold out and enslaved to the flesh, to the devil. One or one way or the other. So if you're in sin, get out of it because you're enslaved to the devil. And you know, if you're enslaved to the devil, you're going to follow wherever your 
wherever the guy you're, the thing you're enslaved to, the devil, you're going to follow wherever he wants you to go. And you know where he wants you to go. He wants you to go to hell. So if you're enslaved to God, you're going to want to follow him. You're going to want to do what he calls you to do, to worship and praise and pray. You're going to want to do that so that you're going to get rid of all the junk and you're going to keep moving towards the things of God. And you're going to become more like Christ, more able to walk in that in Christ position. Amen. Amen. Because that's what we want. We, we, I, I do have to qualify. You are already um, free because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the things that we choose to hang on to are, are still sin areas. You, you know what I'm saying? If you, if you choose to hang on to pornography or if you choose to hang on to um, adultery or fornication or fear or torment or cares and anxieties, all those things, uh, uh, whether it can, it can also be um, if you choose to hang on to greed and lust and lying, lying, all liars go to hell. Any of those things that you choose to, to, to hang on to or stay, be a part of your life, those things will all take you to hell. Sure, granted, we're all set free in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But let me ask you this. Are you walking in that? Are you walking in all that freedom? If you're not, why not? If you're not, who's Lord? Who is Lord? Who is Lord? Amen? Who is Lord? There's a place of wanting to be in his presence all the time. There's a place of wanting to live for him all the time. There's a place of letting go of those things that your flesh likes. It's your flesh that likes that stuff. You've already been set free in the death, burial, and resurrection. But it's your flesh that wants to keep doing some of those things. Let's just take some time. Let's pray. Pray. um, Just pray. I want you to take some time and talk to the Lord. If there's some areas in your life that you know you need to... um, repent of you all know how to repent but you don't do it from a head repentance it's a heartfelt change and if you do a heartfelt change god's going to accommodate you he's going to help you with that so let's just close our eyes and just talk to him for a little bit and um and and deal with areas that you know you need to deal with so that you can spend that time in his presence I ask you to forgive me of all sin in my life. I repent and I humble myself under the mighty hand of God and I resist all um, evil schemes and tactics of the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. In Jesus' name, I ask you, Father, not only to forgive me, but cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I receive forgiveness and cleansing in Jesus' name. And I choose to live for you, Father God, to walk after the things of God. To serve God from a new place, a place that's hungering and thirsting 
A place that's hungering and thirsting after righteousness. I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. He's still working with some of you. Just know that um, he knows whether you meant it with your heart or not. He knows. He knows. And that's uh, almost awesome to think that he knows whether you meant when you prayed or not. But he does. He knows that. And um, he loves you enough to give you that opportunity because of the death of Jesus Christ. He loves you enough to give you that opportunity to be able to walk in line with his word and his will for your life. He wants you to walk in line. He loves you that much. He loves you that much. So you'll notice a difference if it was a heartfelt, heartfelt repentance. You'll notice a difference in being able to walk it out. Amen. Amen. So if you, if you, um, God, God will help you. He, he's here to help. Amen. Okay. So if anybody wants any prayer other than what we just did, um, you're welcome to come up for prayer. But Father, we just want to thank you for your word that is alive and active. And that, Father, it doesn't return void, but it, it brings a change and a difference and a remembrance. Father, continue, continue to remind them of the word that they heard today to make those important decisions to follow after you and not after the flesh. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.